a battle at the Capitol over the future of education in Texas. They deserve more opportunities to have a high quality education. The student leaves a public school, uses an ESA to go to a private school. There's data that's indisputable that shows the, the performance declines. Lawmakers push forward with plans for education savings accounts. What's shaping the debate this time around? Near misses between planes at a Texas airport. Now lawmakers in Washington are stepping in. What Congress wants to do to keep you safe in the skies. And we give you a rare look inside an undercover sting targeting emissions testing fraud. Why one Texas county now refuses to look over some inspections. Produced from the Capitol in Austin and airing statewide, this is the award-winning State of Texas. Hello and thank you for joining us. I'm Josh Hinkle. Texas lawmakers started their fourth special session Tuesday and made quick progress on some of Governor Abbott's top priorities. House lawmakers held a marathon hearing on a bill to put billions into public schools while also establishing Abbott's priority of education savings accounts. The proposal calls for ESAs of $10,500 to go toward private school for some families. Supporters say that will help more Texas students succeed. They deserve more opportunities to have a high quality education. Um, that's not to say that public school options are bad, but it's to say that we need more opportunities. Opponents of the plan say public schools would be hurt by ESAs, emphasizing that public schools provide opportunities to all students without turning some kids away. Fund our public schools so that that teacher can help teach those second and third graders and not have to worry about it. And then let's debate the the ESA issue on its own merits. Don't, uh, I keep using the term hostage, but we're, we're using public school funding as a hostage. The hearing lasted more than 12 hours. In the end, committee members voted to send the bill to the full house for a vote. The Senate passed their version of the ESA bill late Thursday night. Senators gave short advance notice of their public hearing, providing little opportunity for public comment. The Senate also passed SB 4, which creates a state crime for crossing the border illegally. That debate brought surprising opposition from State Senator Brian Birdwell. He's a Republican who carried the legislation in the last special session. Birdwell said he thinks the new version of the bill by Lubbock Senator Charles Perry is unconstitutional. We are setting a terrible precedent for the future by invalidating our obedience and faithfulness to our Constitution. President Biden's failure to obey his oath does not compel us to violate ours. Senator Perry acknowledged Birdwell's concerns, but he said passing the bill would help keep Texans safe. While I agree, we are testing and pushing envelopes. The state has every right to protect its citizens, and this nation has every right to expect Texas to do that when called to do it. The bill now heads to the House for consideration. Things are moving quickly at the Capitol. We want to bring in our team to dig deeper into the key developments. Capitol correspondents Monica Madden and Ryan Chandler join us now. Welcome to both of you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Well, Ryan, we'll start with you uh, with SB4. Why is this bill so novel? Well, it, it really intentionally tries to push the limits of state authority. It essentially tries to prosecute a federal crime with state law, uh, which is something that the Supreme Court has been very clear about is solely the responsibility of the federal government. But now uh, the state is creating a brand new crime for being in Texas illegally. Um, 
which can be prosecuted over and above uh, any other crime. Um, you can be uh, prosecuted just simply for being here, even if you have committed no other crime at all. Um, and, and a lot of um, migrant advocates are worried that this is going to open Texas up to a lot of legal uh, liability here. They argue that it's unconstitutional for a variety of reasons. One, immigration is under the purview of the federal government. Uh, two, this could lead to profiling people who just look like they may be here illegally. Uh, and, and then three, it would subject people to this crime retroactively. Maybe they came here illegally years ago, but now that's a crime. Uh, so we, we spoke to Governor Abbott today, and he said that he already expects the Biden administration uh, to push back on this law. Monica, last week we were talking about a stalemate on education savings accounts. Now the bill is headed for a House vote. How significant is that? I mean, it is in the sense that this is the furthest that House Bill 1 has gotten. As we saw during the third special session, it never even made it to the committee itself because behind the scenes lawmakers were working on the details of the bills, trying to put together a package that they could possibly get more of the opponents on. Now it passed on Friday morning early in committee on a Partisan party line vote 10 to 4, and it set us up for our first up or down vote on ESAs in the House. Opponents were quick to point out, though, that even though we are finally getting to this point, it, the advancement in committee is not necessarily an endorsement of everything that is in this omnibus package completely, but rather that they want to force a vote on this issue to see where lawmakers stand on ESAs and this education omnibus bill as it looks right now. Is there any sign of compromise for ESAs and public school funding? Right now, it's not really looking like it. This is the most generous package so far in terms of the changes that were made in this fourth special session to try and uh, act as almost concessions to the people who are against it. It includes billions of dollars for public schools, uh, teacher pay raises, school safety, increasing the basic allotment. Now, the governor said that he is in support of House Bill 1 and thought it was an outstanding bill. However, opponents still think that he is kind of holding public school funding, quote unquote, hostage. And those public school advocates say they cannot be bought with tying the two together. So we'll see how this turns out when it gets to the floor. Ryan, the Senate really got some criticism for the speed at which they put mm -hmm. some of these bills through. What does that really mean for all of this? Well, <laughs> look, it's November. We were supposed to go home in May, so everybody is antsy to get out of the building. And the Senate has always uh, bent the rules to, to act as efficiently for the majority as possible. Um, but what they did this week raised a lot of eyebrows when uh, they called a, a literal last minute hearing uh, met to pass out SB1, their version of the education savings accounts bill. There really was no debate at all. They met around a podium, rubber stamped the bill, asked if there was anybody from the public who would like to speak on the bill. Of course there was not because it was literally announced minutes beforehand. And then they ended up passing the bill that night. It's, it's, a, it's not a transparent look, that's for sure. And things change over time, so maybe like the sixth special session or the seventh special <laughs> yeah. session or something. Or the eighth. Yeah, we'll see. We'll that, see. We did hear the word December come out of Governor Abbott's and mouth February. today. Yeah. If possible. <laughs> so right. if needed. Let's not eight. get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you both. Inside an undercover sting operation, the target, fake emissions inspections, how law enforcement is fighting back and two close calls at Austin's airport highlighting staffing challenges at air traffic control towers. We need to have an adequate number of air traffic controllers. We need state-of-the-art technology. Why the training process is under the spotlight.
planes almost crashing into each other. Reports of near misses at airports across the nation are now leading to calls for safety upgrades. One of those near misses happened right here in Austin. Back in February, Senator Ted Cruz showcased an animation of the close call during a hearing on Capitol Hill. It showed the planes coming within 100 feet of a crash. The same incident was the focus again Thursday at another Senate hearing. Nabil Ramana breaks down what lawmakers say needs to change to prevent tragedy. Flying in and out. Thousands of people use the Austin airport daily. But there have been recent concerns raised. We need to have an adequate number of air traffic controllers. We need state-of-the-art technology. U.S. Congressman Lloyd Doggett highlighted a February near-miss between a FedEx flight and Southwest flight, one nearly landing on top of the other. We've had too many near-misses, including one that could have been a total catastrophe, uh, came within just a few hundred feet. That same flight highlighted Thursday in the nation's capital. These two aircraft came within 100 feet of another. Lawmakers blame a wave of retirements and buyouts. Coupled with a surge in demand, created essentially a perfect storm that's eroded the system's safety margins down to dangerously thin levels. According to the FAA, entry-level applicants must complete required training courses and spend several months at the FAA Academy in Oklahoma City. But Congressman Doggett says one way to combat the safety concerns is getting more people trained. The FAA continues to insist that all people go through their academy in Oklahoma City, yet there are a number of community colleges and other colleges around the country that have good programs that can train people. Now the overall safety concerns are getting a closer look, both locally and on the national scale. Nabil Ramadna, State of Texas. The risk of a government shutdown could worsen the controller shortages we're seeing now. That would temporarily close the training academy for new air traffic controllers. A shutdown would also force controllers to work without pay until Congress approves a funding deal. Next, a rare look inside an undercover sting working to stop emissions testing fraud. And voters decide to keep mandatory age limits in place for Texas judges, why the result might reflect larger concerns voters have about aging officials. Someday when the state can get a handle on um, the statewide fraud, uh, we'd be happy to go back to accepting paperwork from around the state. The Travis County Tax Office telling us exclusively it stopped accepting vehicle inspection reports nearly eight months ago from cars subject to emissions testing that are not from Travis and Williamson counties. The drastic move comes amid widespread fraud. One local task force estimates 5 million vehicles were fraudulently inspected last year. As investigator Matt Grant reports, law enforcement worries that's putting polluting and potentially unsafe vehicles on our roads with little done to stop it. This is the tip of the iceberg. We're getting rare access. Do you have one? Inside an undercover sting. 19. Station 19. Right there. Behind this two-way window at the Travis County Tax Office, investigators are looking for bogus vehicle inspection reports. This is organized crime. There's no question about it. Sergeant Jose Escribano is with the Travis County Constable's Precinct 3 Clean Air Task Force. 
working to stop emissions testing fraud. Regular enforcement is oblivious as is the tax office. They can't see it. But that's a clean scan. Clean scans are when a vehicle is given a passing emissions inspection illegally. The test is required annually in 17 Texas counties in order to register or re-register your car. Officials say the scheme works when an inspector is paid a bribe to pass a vehicle that should fail because the vehicle isn't performing to clean air standards set by the Environmental Protection Agency. Emissions tests can be bypassed without the car being present with a computer simulator or connecting an analyzer to a different car that can pass. The fake results registered as an official state record with the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, or TCEQ, making it difficult to detect. We're not going to be able to completely stop and shut it down, but we can damn sure figure out who the high volume uh, people are marketing these things to the public. Constable Stacy Suits says the high volume is coming from Dallas, Houston, and El Paso. Over two days here in Travis County, the task force obtained at least five arrest warrants with more pending after confiscating fraudulent inspections originating from Dallas and Houston. So on top of everything else that our staff has to do, now they have to be fraud investigators. Travis County Tax Assessor Collector Bruce Elfant requested the sting. We take it seriously and we want to be out ahead of the fraud rather than get run over by it. Elfant says they're catching around 50 suspected fraudulent inspections a month. The problem's so bad he's revealing for the first time his office is refusing to accept vehicle inspection reports for cars subject to emissions testing from outside Travis and Williamson counties. We have had to turn people away. Um, I think certainly people are frustrated by it, um, and, but you know we're dealing with um, fraud. The suspected fraud cases are also coming in as obvious counterfeits, like this with an incorrect inspection cost, and this spelling sticker wrong and listing the inspection station as the Texas DMV headquarters. Since January 2022, TCEQ data we obtained shows the agency is aware of more than one and a half million likely clean scans, including nearly 22,000 in Austin and Round Rock, identified through missing or mismatched vehicle identification numbers. We had to always match VIN, plate, and everything. To see how it's supposed to work legally, we went to Flashpoint Auto Inspection in Austin. This emission analyzer attached to a computer connects to a port to the vehicle sensors. So usually it tells us right here if it's previously inspected, when it was last inspected, what it failed for. So it looks like it fell for in the emissions. An average inspection should take around 10 minutes, but Escribano says some inspection stations are reporting two-minute times or less, cranking out hundreds a day with less than a minute in between. Impossible, according to experts. Have people come to you asking you to fraudulently inspect their vehicles? Every day, I'd say multiple times a day, sometimes three, four times a day, sometimes more than I like to count. Flashpoint owner Jose Carranza wants to see more done to stop the polluting problem as multiple social media ads pop up promising vehicle inspections guaranteed to pass for a price. Obviously, if it's an emission issue, it's an environmental issue, pollution issue. We're in a big city, a bunch of cars will check engine lights polluting the air. I'm sure it'll affect us eventually, right? TCEQ admits it's been a problem since before 2017. That has Escribano asking why more hasn't here, been done so to stop it. But it takes, what, the FBI helping us on all this stuff? This seems to be a statewide task force, put it together and put an end to this. 
This is ridiculous. He points to a third-party confidential data system called the Texas Information Management System, which contains records for more than 11 million vehicles' annual inspections. Escribano says the system has a filter to pinpoint inspection stations that are clean scanning, a feature only his agency, TCEQ, and DPS are authorized to see. But he wants other law enforcement and tax offices across the state to have the same access to help ensure more inspection stations compromising the system are cut off and unable to commit fraud in the future. You're going to sit here and tell me you can't do anything about it or point the finger at somebody else? I'll tell you right now, it's unacceptable. You need to fix your system now. No one from TCEQ or DPS would go on camera. TCEQ Chairman John Neerman disputes Escribano's $5 million estimate, calling it, quote, a dramatic overstatement. Escribano, though, defends his numbers, citing parameters TCEQ doesn't consider. Neerman says in March, DPS began using a tool to lock inspection stations out of the Texas Information Management System, or TIMS, when there's signs of fraud. This month, he says TCEQ and DPS have agreed to the outlines of a proposed TIMS tool that we believe is technically and administratively workable that would stop fraudulent inspections in real time. No word, though, Josh, on cost or time frame. Matt, DPS says it is focused on stopping fraud without impacting and inconveniencing a significant number of innocent motorists. Since these are state agencies with leaders appointed by the governor, what did his office say about the possibility of a dedicated statewide task force? Well, we did specifically ask the governor's office about that. We reached out several times but did not hear back as of this report, but we'll include any response we receive on this story online. Won't Texas phase out vehicle safety inspections in 2025? That is a good point, yes. Emissions tests, though, will still be required in more populated counties to ensure federal air quality standards are met. But yes, the safety inspections will go away in 2025. So what's next? Well, it's uh, a good question. TCEQ has offered to meet with Escribano, which he welcomes. He's already met this week with DPS and is reaching out to state lawmakers. He wants the law clarified to make it easier to prosecute criminals who are passing these uh, vehicles illegally, Josh, for profit. All right. Well, this is an issue we've been investigating for months. This summer, we told you state inspectors in Austin and Kyle were arrested, accused of selling fraudulent vehicle inspection reports. And in August, two DPS program inspectors in Dallas were charged with organized criminal activity for facilitating fraudulent emissions tests. More about those cases and links to our complete coverage and this story in the Texas politics section of our website. How old is too old to serve? Texas voters reject a proposal to raise the retirement age for state judges. How the decision could have an impact on the state's highest court. Voters rejected just one proposition in Tuesday's constitutional amendment election, denying state judges the chance to stay on the bench longer. More than 60% of Texans voted against Proposition 13, which would have raised the mandatory retirement age for judges from 75 to 79. Capital correspondent Monica Madden explores why the vote might have been about more than Texas judges. With age comes wisdom, but maybe with limits. At least that was the message Texas voters sent Tuesday by keeping the retirement age at 75 for state judges. And that was surprising because it had so much support coming out of the legislature. 
Supporters argued with longer life expectancies, 75 is no longer a reasonable age to mandate someone to step down from the bench. Youth brings energy and age brings some experience and hopefully some wisdom. So you, I can see benefits to both. Ken Sullivan, a former district and appellate judge, found the proposition itself was a little unusual. It's a fairly indiscriminate tool to test whether or not someone's able to do the job. But he understands why voters might have concerns. Voters' reaction was a strong reflection of timing. Um, I think age is just uh, more of a high-profile issue than it ever has been. And age is on voters' minds for 2024. 69% of Texas voters think President Joe Biden is too old at 80 to run again. And the Republican frontrunner isn't far behind. Former President Donald Trump is just three years younger than Biden. According to the Texas Bar Association, 33% of state judges who are part of the bar are over the age of 65. I'm sure that you will lose some institutional talent and some institutional knowledge. I mean, hopefully they're not going to go too far away. They'll still be available to provide some mentoring. Monica Madden, State of Texas. Tuesday's vote will soon impact the state's highest ranking justice. Chief Justice Nathan Heck of the Texas Supreme Court is 74, meaning he would hit the mandatory retirement age next year. Heck has not commented on the result of Tuesday's election. Thank you again for joining us for State of Texas. I'm Josh Hinkle, and we'll be back next week to bring you an in-depth look at Texas politics.